a number of public bodies have access to your information. But have you given them consent? Well, what does Poppy have to say? This is Stuff Employers Should Know. Welcome to Stuff Employers Should Know, proudly brought to you by LabourNet, management's ultimate HR solution. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. It's Yasser Yaslakit Ismail, your sound producer and host for the day. Unfortunately, Barry Gordon Davis couldn't join us for today's show. And uh, we have, formerly known as friend of the show and now promoted to savior of the show, Samantha Walker, who will be discussing poppy and public bodies with an information compliance consultant of hers. Thank you so much to both of you for joining us and, of course, uh, helping us get this episode out today. So today's topic that we're going to be looking at is poppy and public bodies and really how do they differentiate in their needs and their obligations to private bodies and what do they need to look out for specifically themselves. To discuss this topic with me today, I have one of my information compliant consultants. Uh, I'm Chanel Spreeman. Thank you so much for having me today, Sam. Thank you for being here and discussing this topic with us. From what I understand, you've just written an article on this. Yes, I have. Um, I was actually dealing with a public body. Um, so most of the clients that we have are private bodies. So when dealing with this private or with a public body, I found that, you know, I'd always have to be looking at um, different ways to deal with them and figuring out what was going on. So I just decided then to um, just write an article about it and just really get into uh, how they should operate with regards to Poppy. Okay. Now you've mentioned private and public bodies. Who are they? What are the differences there? So in the most uh, basic sense, your private bodies would be any private companies. Um, It would also include um, your smaller um, NPOs. Um, And your public bodies are then basically all of your government institutions. Um, This would also extend to like, for example, the judiciary, uh, municipalities, your SAPs. Um, So basically anybody who pretty much operates within the ambit of an act or is just employed by the state. Okay, so private bodies include all of our PTY limiteds, our closed corporations, and then our public bodies include um, any of our governmental departments, really. Okay, perfect. How does the Act define these to be different? Well, it doesn't actually. Um, So basically within the Act, we're always dealing with what we call the responsible party. Um, So that was the point of departure for me, actually, when um, doing the research. So if you look at the Act, um, when the Act defines a responsible party, they actually refer to a public or private body. Um, So in that sense, we understand that the public bodies are already included in the Act um, from, from the definition section already. Okay, so they can't just get away and ignore Poppy. Poppy is going to be applicable to them as well. Yes. Now, in terms of a public body, we've mentioned now that sometimes they have to operate differently in terms of Poppy. What are really their risks that a public body needs to look out for? The main risks um, that the public bodies would need to look out for is that, okay, so basically pub- public bodies are custodians of large um, pieces of information. I mean, they probably have our most sensitive um, information. I mean, from birth, home affairs, has your ID numbers, they issue your ID numbers, um, down to the Department of Labor. Um, so their main risk would just be, um, obviously, the information being, um, uh, uh, I guess, distributed and, and, and accessed by unauthorized um individuals. Um, So in that sense, they are placed under quite a lot of obligation to ensure that they do protect um, the information that they have. So the main risk is just that they have just such large pieces of information um, that they definitely need to manage it correctly. No, definitely. If I think about every government body that has my personal information and what type of information they have, it's all very sensitive information. 
So what are their obligations to really protect it or process it? Do they have carte blanche with my information because they're a public body? How does that really differ to the private bodies we've spoken about on the show before? So, so the one thing that we always have to keep in mind is that poppy is a type of act that places obligations on an individual, yes, but you don't want to impede what that individual's function is. Um, so you still want them to be able to operate and still uh, do what they need to do in terms of what their objectives are. It's almost a balancing of um, rights. Uh, yes, so we need to always balance Balance, balance the rights to privacy and then also just understand that that specific body has a function. Um, so with the public bodies, their functions are usually within the public interest. Um, so I think that this could usually be seen as something that you could use as a justification. But like I said, I mean, when you're carrying such, um, you have such large pieces of information, you definitely need to to, to, to ensure that you're protecting it. Um, so the act, when we look in the act, there's always reference to public bodies with a lot of exclusions, which is also a little bit um, concerning. Um, I mean, uh, they... When they you don't, say exclusions, mm. they don't have to comply with an obligation in terms of poppy. They're given freedom from that. Yes. So okay. basically the act a lot of times would outline um, certain obligations on a party and then would then put them in exemptions or exclusions. So um, you would have to, you know, be strictly uh, adhering to a specific requirement and then it would always just say then unless performing a public duty or as part of a public body. Um, so that would then only refer usually to that specific requirement, like for example, usually getting consent or something like that. Um, but uh, the the public bodies then are still under obligations with regards to the main conditions of poppy, um, because we understand that poppy doesn't only um, operate with regards to your security safeguards. I mean, processing entails um, the way that you're dealing with the information, the actual information quality as well. So they do need to comply with with some of the obligations that are placed on um, everybody uh, based on the eight conditions. Okay, so it's not like our public bodies or our governmental bodies just can do with our information whatever they want to. They have to still comply with the eight main conditions, just like the private bodies. There would just be a few exemptions here and there yeah. where they are excused from having to perform that obligation because they've got a public duty to perform. Would correct. that be correct? Awesome. Correct. Correct. Now, does a public body always need my consent to process my information? I know we've discussed justifications previously on the show. Can um, they they operate without that consent or can they move with the justification? Um, so usually they, they don't need um, consent. That's pretty much one of the main, I would say, obligations that they don't have to comply with. Usually a public body doesn't really need consent. And I know that can be concerning for everybody, especially in the climate that we are dealing with, where usually a private body, we understand poppy and we are now in that mindset of getting consent. Um, and then a public body comes along. I know like with the Department of Labor, um, I've had clients where they are now a little bit weary of them, you know, um, getting information without consent. So their main um, requirement that they don't have to um, uh, comply with is, is the consent requirement. And if I could just go into um, um, Section 38. So in Section 38, that's like the most glaringly obvious exemptions that the public bodies have. So basically in Section 38, um, it says that you can do away with the following requirements if you're processing information 
while executing a relevant function. So you won't need to get consent. You won't need to collect uh, the personal information directly from the data subject. Um, and that requirement where further processing needs to comply with the original purpose, that's completely done away with. And you don't need to notify the data subject if you have their information. So those are quite big um, requirements that are, are usually placed. Those are almost our largest obligations our largest that we generally have to comply yeah. with. So according to Section 38, that can be done away with if you're, if you're performing a relevant function. Um, and a relevant function then would be defined as any function of a public body. Um, so we see that they do have quite a bit of carte blanche in terms of um, consent um, and collecting and how they collect the information. So now at the same time, while we don't necessarily need to go out and get this express consent if we're a public body, there is parameters to that, I'm sure. They can't just take our information and use it for any purpose yeah. or sell our information or give it away. Yeah. Is there any parameters put on that that you don't need consent? Um, so there would be um, instances where when we look at now, because like I mentioned earlier, Poppy is about balancing a lot of rights. So the data subjects do have rights. So the data subjects um, can also withdraw consent from, uh, uh, from a public body. But then that would then be based on the assumption that the uh, public body actually did request the consent in the beginning. Um, but also, I think they would also be allowed to withdraw consent if it doesn't prejudice or like mess with the law lawful, I guess, undertaking or activity that the public body is trying to to um, to, to, to perform. Um, but those are the only instances that are found where the data subject is a little bit empowered in terms of the consent that they can give or, or um, withdraw from the from public bodies. 100%. And I think if we can take that even further, that even in Poppy, when you have consent, you need to be processing for a specific purpose. Mm -hmm. And even if they don't need consent, the public body would still need to be processing for that specific purpose. So unless it's aligned with the purposes of the governmental body or public body, they don't necessarily have free carte blanche. It is restricted, so we don't have to panic that our information is now just going to be done with whatever they want to. Yes, no, definitely. Um, because we also... Um yeah, if we can maybe just look at, uh, so we've 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 seen in section thirty eight, yes, there, there's a lot of exemptions that apply to public bodies, but um, yeah, in terms of the eight conditions, they would still be um, held to uh, comply with those eight conditions. So, for example, like the first one, accountability. Um, government bodies should identify themselves to whoever is uh, whoever information they're processing, and they should also identify the risks. That's how you know that you're complying with, for example, the first condition. Um, and we have briefly kind of mentioned it um uh they should obviously be collecting information only that's required um and obviously for them it would be for a lawful purpose uh, so that that um uh, requirement would be easy to comply with um, and the minimality um, aspect of it would also be easy to comply with because they usually uh, operate within a defined scope so you know if SARS is collecting your information it's only for tax related purposes if uh, the Department of Home Affairs has it it's only for that specific um, department so at least we under we know that that uh, um, requirement in terms of poppy would be um, complied with and then that also then leads us to uh, or they would then also be able to comply with uh, the, the condition of uh, purpose-specific or being purpose-specific, let me say. So we know that, for example, SARS is only going to process our information for tax-related um, uh, things that they do. Um, information quality, this one could be a little bit uh, difficult for them to comply with just because of, 
you know, obviously the government, some government bodies are still transitioning. Some have old information. Um, so basically with information quality, they need to have information that's complete. It needs to be accurate. It needs to be up to date. Um, so that is probably an undertaking that they would have to really put a lot of um, intention behind and ensure that the information quality that they are collecting um, um, is, is up to standard. And I imagine also as they're now trying to move into a digital age, they also that also then further pushes them to be able to, to, to do that. Um, yeah, I'm sure with the, just the mass amount of yeah. personal information they collect, if you think every person in South Africa will touch a government organization at some point, yeah. to ensure that data is all accurate, I'm sure is going to be a massive, a massive very, very large undertaking mm. that is going to take some time to actually comply with. Now, you mentioned earlier the Department of Labor. Um, and how they can sort of collect information. I think we, we've discussed a lot about what are the obligations. Maybe we can take through an example with the Department of Labor as to how it would really work because I think many of our clients and many of the listeners have gone through a Labor Department audit. Can the Labor Department just come in and ask for information? They are a, a public body. We've just discussed they don't need consent. So how does this really function when that public body is now interacting with a private body? Um, so yeah, the, the Department of Labor would be, be, uh, an instance where they really have quite a bit of carte blanche in terms of the information that they process. And it then works at hand in hand because you need them to be able to ensure that you're complying and give them information. Um, and then they obviously need to perform their function. Um, so my advice in that instance would be, I mean, you can't, we can't really run away from the fact that they are a public body and, and thus don't necessarily need consent. Um, but I think that we can, as private bodies, place them under an obligation to ensure that they are at least uh, complying with the security safeguards as, uh, aspect of of uh, of Poppy. Um, yes, you don't have to uh, get the you're not getting the consent from the employees, but maybe you know depending on who you speak to, just ensure that you know when you're sending emails, try to maybe encrypt the documents. We kind of have to, I guess, force them um, into what the private bodies are, are doing in terms of Poppy, because obviously they are taking it quite seriously um and i think that you know even if it's in it even if it is in small instances you find that they would then start to understand that okay this private body clearly has a bit of um uh, a pool and and we should then comply with you know sending maybe documents that are you know encrypted or just ensuring that they receive documents on the other side uh properly sending you know putting confidential all of those security safeguards that people are undertaking in terms of what they want um, to do with poppy um, i think that they shouldn't now exempt public bodies as well themselves um, that would be the only thing i think at this point until they fully get on board as well um that that could at least assist us in terms of how we deal with them um, and not feeling too disempowered ourselves. No, I completely mm. agree. I think it's it's very important for our private bodies to, to note that if a public body has a public duty to perform to get in, and it requires personal information from that private body, that private body cannot say no. There's a legal obligation. So, you know, we have to hand over our employee information. Yesterday, I saw a notice from the Department of Labor where someone had previously refused to give that information and now they had an order requiring them to hand over their full financials. So this does get worse um, if we, we don't comply with these public bodies. But now public bodies, as we've mentioned, has all this personal information. I'm sure they are the target of many a cyber attack. Mm. No, no, they are definitely um, uh, the most, I guess, recent and, and um, 
A relevant example is um, COJ. So in 2019, there was a hacker group, um, <laughs> Shadow Kill Hackers. They were, it was like a movie because they it were was. like sending out tweets and everything. It was quite wild. Um, so yeah, they had then um, advised COJ that they had now hacked into their systems and they actually wanted Bitcoin, they're demanding Bitcoin. I believe it was four um, Bitcoin. Four Bitcoins. Um, uh, so that... Um, yeah, they wanted four bitcoins, and um, if they didn't get that, then they would then they threatened to upload all the data onto the internet. Um, yeah, they were like literally terrorizing them. There was tweets and everything. So yeah, COJ then they just shut down um, their systems. Um, I remember actually, I think there was a matter that we were dealing with with COJ, and you can't get anything from them um, because I can't remember how long it was. It was definitely at least a couple of weeks where their systems were completely down. Um, and you can imagine now this was before um, to, to the July 2021. Um, so basically with, with regards to Poppy, yes, the, I think there was definitely discussions around it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think the information regulator got involved. It was... Uh, it was a bit before their time. Yes, yeah. Um, so there have been instances where people are targeting municipalities um, because of the fact that they do have um, uh, large pieces of information with them. Um, and last year, um, Joburg Water, I don't know. Joburg <laughs> also went under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they actually sent out an email to all of their service providers. So basically what was happening was that with the tendering process, people would then submit their tenders and then get these fake letters from Joburg Water advising that they had been um, appointed. Um, so yeah, Joburg Water then had to issue out a statement um, just to advise everybody who had perhaps tendered within that year um, that, look, you are perhaps getting some information that you've been awarded tenders and that's not the case. So people were then, had gotten into the, the, the Joburg water systems, they were using their letterhead, um, they had the exact schedule of like the rates that would have been um, required and attached. So yeah, I know we so have. cyber we attacks have, can do a lot of damage. Yes, they can. They definitely can. I imagine if you now have been tendered and now you're going to start the process and Joburg Water doesn't even know about you. Um, or if you think about with COJ, how much information, I mean, Johannesburg is very populated. Um, they have tons okay. of information that dates back like, you know, years. Um, so having that out would, would definitely um, have, have put them at risk. I, I know even the Department of Justice was hacked. Their emails yes, were hacked and held for ransom yes, as right. well. That really yeah. affected us in the legal space Yes, yes because none of the judges or uh, clerks of the court could actually access yes, their I, emails. I remember that, yeah. And I was actually mm. going to court the next day when mm. they were hacked. And all of a sudden mm. I got an email from the judge of his Gmail account. Oh, that geez. was very confusing. <laughs> um, ah. For all of us, really, it was happening to all of us because the courts needed to operate. So yes. that's what they did. But now using yes. your personal email address for work-related yeah, is a huge other risk yeah. as well. Yeah. So these, these risks are important, and I think mm. we need to take mm. note of them. Public bodies definitely need to take note of them. True. But public true, bodies are true. not the only ones being affected by this. Mm. Public uh, private bodies, too, are hacked all the time. Most recently yesterday. Yeah, yesterday DISC came, um, there was um, news that DISC came systems had been hacked. Apparently, apparent, around 3.7 million um, DISC came customers' information was out. So names, surnames, email addresses, cell phone numbers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, DISC came has come a little bit under fire. Well, that was with regards to other stuff. But now, yeah, now the, the, there's a hack. Um, there was also that uh, TransUnion one at the beginning of the year as Correct. well. Um, so these things are really happening. Um, and I mean, we think that, okay, it's just a name, it's just an email address or cell phone number, but, you know, 
uh, I wouldn't want that out there. Um, it still definitely is personal information. We really don't know where this is going. We don't know who's accessing it. Um, so we really do need to take care. I mean, if a big organization like this came, who should, I mean, have, um, uh, safeguards in place can, can, can be at risk. Um, then definitely public bodies should not just be sitting back. Um, they probably do have more resources even that, that, that this game does to access, um, uh, definitely getting safeguards in place. Um, so they should definitely not be taking a back seat. hundred um, percent. So hmm. I, I think we can really wrap this, this, um, chat up by saying, yes, you may have some exemptions as a public body, but at the same time, you have great risks because you're in the public face and you do hold sensitive information. Even if I, I look, uh, the spokesperson for the information regulator said back in, I believe it was around the 21st of December last year, that they had 139 reported breaches already. And if you look, we're a couple of months down the line. If you think about what's been in the news it's been a lot more. So while you have exemptions, you really need to consider those security requirements, particularly for public bodies. I think that's really an area they should focus. No, I definitely agree. Um, I think that they do definitely just generally public bodies feel always exempt from um, a lot of legislation. Um, but yeah, no, they definitely need to take it, take it seriously. Um, and we, I think, can also ensure that we are holding them accountable as private bodies. Um, okay. Once we have our policies in place and perhaps they see the way that we operate, um, hopefully they, they can also just get on board um, and, and really just come to the party. Because yeah, I think mm. they have to. They're, They're holding all of our information. We yes. want them to no, be No, we need compliant. to collaborate. This is always a balancing of, of interests and everything. So definitely. Shana, I just want to say a big thank you for coming in and, and chatting to us today, as well as for writing that article. I think it is an amazing article that we all need to be aware of. If anyone does want to read Chanel's article, it is available on the LabourNet blog, or I'm sure you can get hold of us at sesk at labournet.com. Thank you for joining us this week. And that wraps up another show of Stuff Employees Should Know. Uh, if you've enjoyed today's show, please hit us up on social media, or if you just want to get in touch, uh, send us an email at sesk at labornet.com. Let us know what topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes or, or any feedback relative to the episode that you've listened to today or any of our previous episodes. So from myself, Yasser Yaslakit Ismail, Samantha and Chanel, and unfortunately not BGD today. Until the next episode, cheers. Stuff Employers Should Know was proudly brought to you by Labornet, management's ultimate HR solution. For more episodes from Stuff Employers Should Know, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you play your favorite shows. Case law or statutes referenced in the podcast are current at the time of recording.